This episode is made possible by Armoire. I love genius companies founded by women, and Armoire is one of them. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days, and then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. To me, Armoire Armoire solves so many issues I struggle with today, the biggest one being accumulation of stuff. Let's face it, women want to feel on trend and fresh in their clothes, so we like to shop for new clothes often. But I also get overwhelmed when I have too much to choose from, which happens after years of shopping. I forget what clothes I have and I end up wearing the same thing over and over. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion and then send it back. Whether you're planning your outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to brave a department store fitting room with those unflattering fluorescent lights again. Trust me, your overly cramped closet and the environment will thank you. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash heel. That's A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash heel to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Heal Podcast. I'm Kelly Noonan-Gores, and every week I speak to the leading doctors, healers, spiritual teachers, and scientists to find out what is truly possible when it comes to healing. I also interview real people with extraordinary healing stories. My philosophy is what's possible for one is possible for all. On today's episode of The Heal Podcast, I sit down with Patty Penn. If you watched Heal, you will remember the scene where Patty did an EFT tapping session on Eva Lee to help her release some of the childhood trauma she had trapped in her system. It was perhaps the most powerful scene in the film. And every time we screened Heal, there was never a dry eye in the room. Because the release that Eva had gave the audience permission to release a little pain from their hearts as well. Ugh, aren't mirror neurons amazing? Anyways, Patty is the founder of Pause in Joy, a unique and dynamic way to live the life you came here to experience while simultaneously clearing, defragmenting, and healing everything that prevents us from our joy. As a Reiki master, Patty teaches each person to heal themselves and fortify the already undeniable connection they have to spirit. As a guide and coach, Patty created Dynamic Tapping, for everyday emotional intelligence and overcoming limiting beliefs. Besides all that, Patty has an amazing Scottish accent and a hilarious sense of humor. So let's get to it. So Patty, thank you for coming on the Heal Podcast. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. So we met years ago. I know. Um, I can't believe it's been, what, three years now? Four? Four. Four. <laughs> and um, you do Reiki and EFT, but but since 
yes. heel, you kind of switched up what you called tapping. You changed yes. to dynamic tapping. So yes. tell the audience a little bit about what you do and how you came to do the work that you do. Okay. That's a big question. It's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Reader's Digest version. Okay. So I started with Reiki. And I wanted to do uh, this modality because it was the most intact modality to learn. And I had came across Reiki growing up, but I'd never gravitated or felt compelled or the call to do it until my father took depression in my 30s. And being a working class Glaswegian, he did not talk. (laughs) So at that point, there was no tapping to be done. And uh, I just wanted to uh, do Reiki on my dad's head because he felt as if his head was exploding. Mm. And that was my in. But I had been working with energy since I was little. And then I knew that I wanted to find a Reiki master but I had met many Reiki masters and it needed to be the, a person that, for me, I grew up with, oh, it's divine white light, it's this, it's that. I wanted someone that came more from a, the medical model and the Reiki master, who was a, a new Reiki master at the time, so she wasn't, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> uh, she uh, she was also working at the Beatson, which was the cancer hospital in the radiography department for uh-huh. 25 years. Interesting. So for me, she understood the terminology that I was trying to navigate with my father's depression because that was who I was practicing on. My father and my mother who had a tumor. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Cancer. Yes. Okay. I had to learn fast and I had to uh, be there for when they were ready to look at the emotional contributions that they had um, picked up along the way in life like we all do. Yes. So... Then my Reiki master said to me, you need to do that tapping thing. I got a message that you had to do it. And I said, listen, it's enough with the invisible energy without now doing that tapping thing. And she said, no, you know, you need to do it. So I went along and I learned it. And I was very resistant because, you know, it was 20 years ago. Another thing that I have to explain, it's... uh, (laughs) Wasn't quite as accepted. It wasn't accepted. It wasn't mainstream as it is now. And it was very big in Scotland, funny enough, because it was big with golfers. It was taking three to four strokes off a pro golfer's game. EFT. Yes. We had little tents at the, you know, Royal Troon and, you know, people were, oh, yeah. That's a fun fact. Yeah. When people are sportsmen and they know something's going to shift, because golf is the game of consistency. It's the game of keeping your emotions in check and being neutral and being consistent. So it's a it's a mind game. So they wanted their anger, their rage, their jealousy of another player to not play into because the minute you have that negative thought as a golfer, you end up in the bunker. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing in life. You know, you have a negative thought or consistently thinking that you're not enough, you end up in the bunker. Yeah, you, your your grip gets a little tense. Yeah. And it's these micro-movements, but they're from your mind and yeah. these negative thoughts. Wow. Yeah. So it was uh, something that people could see that it had this kind of correlation with sport. And I started using it in my family, and I started using it with my father. And 
So at first it was just kind of pause. Let's just take a pause, you know, and everything was just about pause. And then about 2008, I had a vision and a dream when I was waking up in the morning where it was it was a joy with my pause symbol in the middle. And I didn't really know what it meant, but I knew I had to buy a new website called Pause and Joy to my editation. <laughs> <laughs> that was my relationship with spiritual conscious energy, being irritated at a message. And uh, so I, I I did that. And I kind of, over the last 10 years, have um, kind of polished what that means for myself, for the community, for every, everybody kind of like living it. And then with the tapping... I started to, you know, because I was working with two types of people in Los Angeles. I was working with people who were terminally ill or had a diagnosis that were waking up to, oh, I need to get healthy. I need to change my diet. I need to look at my emotional contributors. And then I was also working with creatives. I was working with a lot of directors. I was working with a lot of actors. I was working with, you know, people that would just sneeze and they'd be in the Los Angeles Times as artists, right? <laughs> you know, that people who knew that, if I don't shift my own kind of not enoughness or stuff that I'm bringing as inherited beliefs from kind of ancestral stuff or cultural things, it's the difference between me having my career or not having my career. Like a block. So, so it was like a death for them as well. Mm. So And I enjoyed these two um, kind of bookends uh, because they were so different. But it was also uh, really interesting for me to see all the different ways that you could use it. Mm that was practical. Yeah. Right? And then those people had children, and then they had to do it in their children, do it in their husband. Everybody started um, kind of it started building fest. out. Yeah, started building out. And then when Heal happened and uh, there was that scene, I was kind of shocked in the movie theater when people were crying and coming up to me later and then even in the Q&As, because people were asking me, oh, how, do you, how can you sit and hear that? And I thought, you have no idea. That's my daily day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, it's like seeing the best part of someone's movie in their life. It's their, that change moment. I learned a long time ago how important it was for my health to switch from an antiperspirant to a deodorant. Antiperspirants do exactly what the name implies, and it uses aluminum to do it plugging your sweat glands to stop you from sweating. Um, aren't we supposed to sweat? It's one of the best ways to rid ourselves of toxins, not to mention the bad idea of putting a heavy metal into the bloodstream through the armpit. So look, I have been using natural deodorants for over 20 years, and I can say with complete honesty that native deodorant is my favorite clean deodorant, and it's what I've been using every day for the past few years. Native does not use aluminum or parabens or sulfates. It's vegan and never tested on animals. And it's made from ingredients you've heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. And switching from an antiperspirant to a deodorant doesn't mean you sacrifice on performance. Native keeps you smelling fresh all day long. I've even made my husband a recent convert, and he loves it too. With over 10 scents like coconut and vanilla, which is my personal fave, lavender and rose, eucalyptus and mint, you are bound to find one you love. And there is also an unscented and baking soda-free version for those who are more sensitive. And for all my fellow earth lovers out there, they are offering a plastic-free packaging option too. 
Guys, you're going to love Native as much as I do. And right now you can save 20% on your first purchase. Go to nativedo.com slash heal or use promo code heal at checkout. That's nativedo.com slash heal or use promo code heal at checkout to save 20% on your first purchase. So I started receiving some emails from people who had tapped and they're like, oh, well, I've not had, you know, that kind of feeling. And, you know, what are you doing differently? So people started to tell me I was doing something differently. And I realized that because we go into stream of consciousness a lot in the community, and I started to realize how much, you know, the people that I work with are really very courageous and very bold at being able to go to that place because they know they have to admit it. Mm. If they don't admit it, then we're not going to shift it. And there's a safe space because we want you to admit it because we might have it too. So there's this kind of collaboration together uh, with everyone. And it started to show me how much I had kind of developed this process where you know, before you even came to me, we unpacked what you were coming with, what you were coming with and what you were leaving without, Uh, how to unpack all the pieces in your life. And because sometimes people think that this area over here is where all the problem is. This is the the real main issue, Mm -hmm. but it's actually, you know, not. (laughs) You know, and I can read between the lines. I can read it what you're not telling me. Uh, And I start to kind of poke and prod and open up and, you know, the email. And some people are ready for that. They're like, because it's kind of really preparation for when you're going to be sitting in front of me. Mm -hmm. Because it's not an ambush. I'm not going to ambush you. I want you to know what you're coming in and where we're going to go. And be prepared for what's going to come up. And that feeling that, you know, people saw and heal. Mm-hmm. And and so that people are, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm so frightened, but I know that I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Or I received a fantastic email from someone who said, you know, I'm so terrified that you're going to say I'm too far gone. But then I realized if you said, yes, you'll see me. I'm then terrified that you're going to see me. Mm-hmm. So that to me is like, I'm so frightened, but I'm so uh, tapping into how courageous and brave I am at the same time. Yes. And that's when people are really in that space where they're cooked. Mm-hmm. They're vulnerable. <laughs> they're ready for Yeah, and they're, 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 they're vulnerable, but they're also in, in their bravery to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, people can be vulnerable, but they're not ready yet mm. to go there. And I think that is what the difference of of how I see tapping and what I'm doing is uh, being in that dynamic place. Because I could start tapping on someone and they start to shut down if they're not ready. They start to go offline. They start to kind of like, oh, I'm so tired all of a sudden. I could sleep. And it's inside I'm hearing abort, abort, abort. Oh, gosh, (laughs) we're going to make a shift. This is terrifying. The unknown. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. So that I don't want to have because it's not a reality show where we're getting um, entertained by someone having a a, a moment where they're shutting down or they're having like a panic attack, you know. So I like people to be prepared that they are um, going to go there and they're they're willing to go there. And the, the, every facet of themselves, of their inner child, their 12-year-old, their 15-year-old, their 5-year-old, their 2-year-old, is all there too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and no one's going to 
sabotage anything. Yeah, the two-year-old, the scared Yes, yes. Child. The two-year-old comes up a lot. Uh, the five-year-old comes up a lot. The teen comes up a lot. Mm. So inevitably, while you're, even if you're prepared and you talk about it and you're, you know, put on the armor and you're like, I'm ready to go into battle and, and release this stuff. Yeah. Inevitably, there's going to be that moment of discomfort and you just push. You need the people that are willing to walk through the fire. Yes. But I tell them about the discomfort and I say, listen, you're going to feel as if you're being choked, not by me, <laughs> but uh, this lump in your throat, like a frog in the throat uh, scenario. Like, you know, when people are going mm -hmm. for auditions and the, the biggest fear is that they're going to choke, mm -hmm. right? It's the same thing when people go for interviews, right? At high levels, they're going to choke. Mm -hmm. So that feeling people are fam familiar with. So I say, you know, I've got you. We're just, you, I just need you to kind of repeat what I'm saying and we're, uh, keep eye contact. And I can tell by the breath, I can tell how they're breathing when they need to take a breather, when we need to stop and they need to take a glass of water. Mm -hmm. And I can read their energy mm -hmm. uh, because energetically we're very connected in that moment. And they're also trusting me. They've chosen me in a way. Someone said to me the other day, you know, she had to apologize to her therapist because... <laughs> She had just seen me on heel, but she was telling me something she hadn't told her therapist, and she felt bad. <laughs> and I said, well, why do you think that is? And she said, well, because I know that you're going to destroy it. <laughs> I believe it. And we're going to, like, just annihilate it. Yeah. And this is the thing about... Even therapists that I work with, they, they're fantastic at unpacking things for people and getting people into a place of understanding. But sometimes that rage and that resentment and that betrayal mm -hmm. and uh, anger and disappointment is hard to shift. Oh, yeah. Girl, I'm in that right now. And when we can tap into that kinetically with the acupressure points, while we're in stream of consciousness and going into it, it gives it a, a, a way to get out of the body while we're ranting and repeating it mm -hmm. and, um, and letting it go. So for people that may have heard of EFT or may have heard of mm -hmm. tapping, now they're hearing about dynamic tapping, which is your special that you bring to the table. Just explain why tapping works. It seems, because I've done it before and it, you know, feels like, tell exactly like scientifically why it works, what you're doing when you're tapping. Well, when you're tapping, you're tapping into the body's energy system of like there's a super highway and there's these key acupressure points mm -hmm. that have been mapped out where certain highways all go through. And when we are seeing a label of what you believe the issue is. So you give it like a, how, how much is this betrayal, right? Between zero and 10. And the person's like, it's a 10, it's a 12. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> and where is it? And what does it look like? And what does it feel like? You know, sometimes it is a, a condition, you know, it's in my shoulder. I've had this frozen shoulder for like six months now, mm -hmm. you know, I've had this pain in my neck. I have this thing here. It's like, this is what it is. Sometimes it can show up physically. Sometimes it shows up in behaviors. Sometimes in, you see patterns of mm -hmm. why you do things. So there's different ways of going into it. And that's a whole other uh, conversation. But when you're tapping on the body's energy system, 
while you're tapping into the betrayal, all of a sudden something happens in the psyche where you're like, yeah, maybe I'm not really that betrayed. I don't really feel betrayed. I feel like I betrayed myself because mm. I really knew, mm -hmm. right? So certain things are happening because you start to kind of like let, it starts to kind of leave the body's energy system. Mm. And then you're like, well, maybe it's not, you know, because it's not a 10 anymore, it's now a four. You know, you're like, oh, it's a four. It's, what is it now? It's, it's, it's more disappointment. Right, that person disappointed me. And then you kind of get it down to, and then the person's like, oh, it's a one, you know, we're fine now. And you're like, oh, well, why do you want to hold on to the one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why not the zero? Why not the zero point? Yes. Yeah. Why do we not want to get to zero point? Because the one is sometimes hard for them to admit, it, or it's hard for them to let go of, or they don't even know what it is because the one is. I wanted that person. I had an expectation of that person. I liked that person. I wanted that person to be something that I imposed on them mm. Mm -hmm. because it benefited me mm -hmm. in some way. Yeah. So there's there's all these aspects to it. And when you start to kind of like realize that, or sometimes like one of my, sometimes I do workshops and, you know, my students really go there because <laughs> they know it's an opportunity to shift something that yeah. they're either working on with, an album or they're working on with a film or they're working on with, you know, their their diagnosis. So they don't hold back. So when new people come to a workshop, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe that person said that. You know, when they're like, well, you know what it is, Patty, I'm holding spite. You know, I'm spiteful. Uh, and and I, I don't want people to take credit for my thing. People are like, people say these things. <laughs> like, it's so freeing because we feel them. But we like, oh my God, this is, this is like just outrageous that people are that tapped into themselves that they're even able to see that. And there's such a safe place that people enjoy doing it. And that's what the whole pause and joy is. Like yeah. the pause is silent, right? That's the being present. And like, let's enjoy getting to know ourselves yeah. and calling ourselves out and saying, you know what? I just, I feel really jealous and I know why I feel jealous <laughs> and I need to tap it because it's affecting what I'm trying to kind of pull off. Yeah. But if you don't realize that, imagine how that kind of eats at you yep. and eats through you. For those of you who know me, you know I love a good infrared sauna detox sweat sesh. Now you can experience all the benefits of an infrared sauna from the comfort of your own home. Higher Dose's portable sauna blanket makes it easy to get hot and high from anywhere. High, you ask? Well, as your core temperature heats up, your brain releases a dose of happy chemicals, leaving you feeling euphoric after your sweat session. The blanket's deeply penetrating heat instantly boosts blood flow, flooding your body with enviable benefits like radiant and youthful skin, higher energy, a boosted mood, and decreased bloat. You just lay down inside the blanket, turn up the heat, and sweat it all out. Also, you'll burn 600 calories in just one sweat session, so it's like working out without having to work out. And for those of you who want to experience the benefits of infrared without the sweat, they also have a really cool infrared PEMF mat that recharges your cells by grounding you in the Earth's magnetic field for a full body reset. This game-changing mat combines the powerful technology of heated infrared with PEMF plus 20 pounds of healing crystals like amethyst and tourmaline for a super relaxing restorative experience that you feel within minutes. 
You can get your own infrared sauna blanket or infrared PEMF mat today at higherdose.com. You can use promo code HEAL75 at checkout to save $75. That's higherdose.com, promo code HEAL75, or just go to higherdose.com slash HEAL to get your $75 off today. So you're obviously so self-aware. You've been working. You're so... Oh, I would never say that. No. No. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Like, do you tap on yourself daily? No, I, like, I would never say that because I know how it gets you. Yeah. <laughs> when you say you're woke, I would rather say that I'm a work in progress. Yes, yeah. agree. Because I, I, I know that um, it will get me. In, whack you over the head with, yes. oh, you think you're woke? <laughs> you, think, you think you're so woke? What about this? Yes. Yeah. And it's so, something so like base, yeah. you know, are so obvious yeah. and it's, it's, it's uh, embarrassing. Yeah. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't see it. That so I'm let me, that, Alex, yeah. let me rephrase the question. I'm aware that I'm unaware. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. So do you, do you tap every day on yourself? Yeah. Just I looked, when things I look get, for it. You do. Okay. I look to see what I can shift in my unawareness today. Okay. That I'm unaware of that's going to make my life easier and more enjoyable. But does it work to tap on yourself or you, or yes. you need a facilitator? Okay. No, I teach it at level two. And I teach it at level two because at level two, my <laughs> my students call it the game changer. Because you can either wait for life to send you lessons, mm -hmm. which is, kind of, I, think, I think, how everybody lives their life. You know, I think we all have learned to be like, oh, I need to look at that because now this thing has happened. And I think that's just normally how we were taught. And uh, I thought to myself, well, I don't really want to wait for to be shown my blind spot <laughs> yeah. by this a character being put into my life. So I would rather volunteer to look at things gently without that happening. Uh, so what I do is I have, uh, and this was from my own Reiki master. She uh, was studying psychology and she made me do it. She was, well, I was one of the first students she had to uh, do this. And then I implemented it and then developed it into another area. But it was to send energy back to every year in your life. Ooh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just for 30 days. So if you're 60, you bunch years together. Okay. And, but in that, it's a process because you're going to sit with your 15-year-old, your 12-year-old, your 5-year-old, and you might actually start to exhibit as an adult certain <laughs> proclivities of that 12-year-old. Interesting. So then I started teaching tapping. I started to put the dynamic tapping in at level two because I'm not going to be there at two o'clock in the morning when you wake up in a sweat from being. <laughs> so I started to kind of integrate the tapping into the Reiki attunement level so that you had it in the moment mm. for when you were going through something that I wasn't there or I wasn't available. Mm -hmm. Right, And then... They, they, you know, people started doing it on their family. People would, you know, they have it. They have it for when they're going for additions. You know, they sit in the car and they tap on themselves. Or, you know, they're going for a job interview. Or they catch something, like something that they're feeling in a moment with someone else. And, you know, note to self. Yeah. Tap on that later. That was ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, so it becomes something that's integrated into your life. All right. Just, okay, so for the people that are out there that watch the scene with Eva in the film. Yes. I'm just so curious, like, tell me how the EFT works and how you're like, it's almost like a reprogramming of the mind while tapping on the energy centers. Like You're not reprogramming the mind. You're actually uh, neutralizing what you are calling this emotion. Okay. Can you just like give us like, an example, like walk us through like... Yeah. So, so what we do with 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 what Eva was going through mm-hmm, that day. Mm-hmm. So when I arrived, I had already sent energy to the room. Okay. And I think I believe one of the the cameraman told me he had done Reiki, but he hadn't used it for ten years. Mm. So as the, the the session happened, his Reiki activated when he was holding the camera and he said his arms got very hot. He could hardly hold the camera. Mm. And then when I looked at Eva, because even I had had the email exchange, because I said to you, I'm not going to work with her unless we do this email exchange. And she was great. She was very transparent. And uh, we bounced. So she knew what was coming but she also said in the only Q&A Eva did that if she actually knew what was going to happen, mm-hmm. she like maybe wouldn't have done it. Yeah. So, you know, for her, it was kind of ignorance was bliss, uh, but it was great that she didn't know. Yes. And um, when I looked at her, when she had this realization energetically, when I looked at her, I said, why don't we just tap on not knowing what was going to come up? Mm rather than going straight into, you know, I'm just kind of putting Eva at ease. So there was a, I could feel a tension in Eva because energetically I'm tapping into her, Mm -hmm. you know, with the Reiki of feeling this kind of tension in her throat and her, yeah. yeah. And uh, let's just tap on this, you know, fear of not, you know, just not knowing what's good, the unknown, right? And I think that's for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. The the unknown of, I don't even know what's in there that might come up in front of this person, never mind with other people in the room. Mm -hmm. So we had tapped on that, so she felt a lot more at ease. And then we, you know, went into that space that she was holding where, and I think this is for a lot of people, because of the emails that I've received over the last four years of people who have felt that they were the mother mm-hmm. of their mother. Yeah. Or that they were the parent of their mother and father maybe being alcoholics or mm-hmm. or a, a single parent being, you know, um, just checked they out. They had to take on too much responsibility too yeah. young. Yeah. And, uh, but then... There's that aspect of that makes me who I am. Mm-hmm. But there, we, what we want to do is get rid of the thing that is living in the body that is no longer needed mm-hmm. rather than let's keep the parts that are, you know, because it's not going to take away any, it's not brainwashing where it's, you're not going to remember. You know, you're, you're able to remember a trauma. When I work with veterans, they're able to remember the trauma, but there's no charge there because mm-hmm. what it's doing is, there's the trauma, but the emotional charge, the electrical charge has been disrupted. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the emotional charge is. It's a disruption in the body's energy system. Because it's not being processed, so it's stuck. It's stuck. So what, what this does, it lets it 
out of the body through these key acupressure points. You know, when you're playing squash and you're talking to someone about something really passionate, like you're really annoyed about it. And like if you played squash or tennis <laughs> and you're hitting a ball and you're like, I can't believe they said that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Or doing yoga even, right? You do a really great class and you feel, oh yeah, I got rid of that. But then it kind of slowly starts to trickle back in. Yes. Right? Because yes, you did get rid of it kinetically for that moment because you were talking about it. Yeah. But imagine if you were tapping on key acupressure points while you were doing that, it really releases it from the body. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So there is like a once and for all shifting that can occur because like I do therapeutic things. Like this morning I was like, I I haven't been able to work out all week and I just feel this pent up frustration because that's therapeutic for me. So I had to get on the spin bike and like that gets the sweat moving and breathing hard and maybe I want to scream into a towel or something. Yes, yes. Um, and these are great, these are great tools. But it's temporary. But it's temporary. And this is what was so fascinating about Elizabeth Craig. She was doing yoga. She was doing yes. all the things. And I think you said to me at the time that was what was really called you to yeah. make this this documentary because she was you. She was me doing everything right. She woke up with stage four cancer. I exactly. Was like, Holy shit. So that I need to learn more. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was a a great aspect to kind of put putting that in there. It's not just because you're, you know, um, everybody thinks oh it's because you're li- leading an unhealthy lifestyle. But how much is sometimes doing five spin classes and you know, using that, you know, in Ayurveda, you know, because I studied Ayurveda for for a while when I studied yoga, and it was, there's a thing called your ojas in in Ayurveda, which is your reserves of energy. Mm. And when we start to tap into our reserves of energy, which is when you're spent or you feel, you know, just worn out, Mm -hmm. you know, tired, then you start to, it starts to compromise the immune system. Now, it's the same when you are using fitness, and you start to get adrenal fatigue. Mm-hmm. And you start to use fitness in an unhealthy way because you don't want to look at your marriage yeah. or your children or You're literally your, running your, your, from your it. boy, your boss, mm-hmm. right? That is a narcissist that you're enabling. Uh, <laughs> you know, like real life stuff. You know, when people talk about stress to me, I just mm, I kind of snooze off because it's it's an umbrella term. It's anxiety are all umbrella. Well, anxiety is a byproduct, but it's also not really saying what it really is because people don't really kind of sometimes want to go there. Well, you know, my sister borrowed 15,000 and she's not paying me back and she's went to Vegas and I can't get hold of her. (laughs) (laughs) And she's done this my whole life, you know, Uh, you know, or, you know, my father's cut me off, you know, and they're not speaking to me because I won't get sober. You know, there, uh, there's there's all of these aspects that we use these umbrella terms where people really are screaming inside and they need help and they need help really fast. And sometimes these are the tools, well, I don't see it sometimes, but these are the tools that you can come to me, but then you can learn how to excavate on your own, mm-hmm. you know, where everything is in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll do it together, but you're also going to do it yourself as well, because, like, this is all introspection work. Yes. But also looking 
retrospectively at all the patterns in your life that you're like, oh, I know what this is going back to, but doing it in an enjoyable place, doing it in a place of, oh, this is, this is, I know what this is. This is this thing that happened to me when I was 19 on campus. This is why I'm choosing all these partners. Mm. 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 This is why I'm, you know, having this overlooked at work because I'm really invisible. Where is my invisibility coming from? Oh, I remember my, because when I was five, my father was an alcoholic. I had to be invisible. What if we can't remember? Like, what if you we remember? Don't... You know. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real <laughs> snap answer. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm always engaging the nor. Yeah. The knower. Like the this, knower. The person who says no or the, the person who knows. Everybody knows. Okay. We just dance around not knowing. Really? It's, it's a game of hide and seek, which I don't really get in the middle of because it can be really kind of um, aggressive. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I work with people that know, even if they don't know, I'm going to engage you knowing so that it comes, comes forward. to the surface. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Give us a little cool transformation story that you, one of your favorite stories of, of someone that you've worked with that either had a, a physical diagnosis that you move them, help them move out of or a major breakthrough in their life or, you know, Gosh. they came into knowing. I know there's probably so much. If you need to take time, we can edit out the pause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, it's like, what's the favorite? Oh, my God. I don't know. I think for me, when I was in my 30s, I think it was around 2008, and... I wondered what it would be like to work with someone who knew that this work worked Mm. categorically. All in. All in. In their bones, they knew. Mm -hmm. And a week later, he showed up. And he wasn't a yogi or anything. He didn't do any of this work. But his sister had used this work on a terminal diagnosis she had. And so he knew it worked. Okay. And she didn't want to work with him, so she found me. Because obviously, you know, anything uh, family-wise. And I worked with him, and he had colon cancer. And he was going to juice fast for weeks, but he also knew that he had to look at all of the emotional... Shit. Shit. In his colon. uh, In his colon. (laughs) And uh, he basically came to me for six months and, and they said it wasn't aggressive. So they, they allowed him to do his airy fairy stuff, uh, as they put it. <laughs> and uh, he had a trampoline. I took him out horseback riding. He uh, would come to me every weekend. He would say, okay, I don't think there's anything that today, Patty, like uh, there's nothing. And I was like, oh, really? What about this? Because I was getting this coming in in the car. And he was like, damn it. (laughs) Why do I even come here? Uh, And laughing, you know, so he had such a laugh, but it was really, you know, intense uh, things that we would work through. And after six months, he uh, went back and they were like, we have to do a scan because they couldn't find anything. And they did his blood work and everything kind of was showing that it wasn't there. And he, uh, yeah, they went in on the Thursday in keyhole surgery 
And uh, on the Saturday, he was with me doing a sweat. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And they took it out with keyhole surgery, just this Whatever small, little yeah. polyp was left. And he didn't do any, any radiation, no chemo, nothing. Wow. And that was, and he gave me this blue ball, this blue glass ball, you know, that um, was a, a gift to kind of symbolize that time in his life. So that was really an amazing journey yeah. for him. There's There's been so many people have come into me with braces on that they were going to have surgery on their back the next day of what was stored in their back, you know, of um, people passing, people dying mm -hmm. in their life. Um, other people who knew that they were, um, didn't even know they were artists, you know, that then became artists after doing this work. You know, because it activates, like, what is your, what have you come here to do? Like, you didn't come all of this way to be this miserable. Yeah, play it safe Yeah, and be um, miserable yeah. and depressed. Yeah, because, you know, people are sometimes don't admit, right, that they're in their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And uh, because we're really not trained to go through the door marked fear. Yeah. And I am like, but that's where it gets exciting. Yeah. That's where the door is. That's where something's behind that door. But we, unfortunately, have been conditioned to avoid. Yeah. Who is it that said, uh, the cave that we fear to enter holds the treasure we've been searching for or something? I don't know. Might be, might be Yoda. Might be Yoda, <laughs> Joseph Campbell, someone like that. <laughs> Who knows? Well, you know, he lived with uh, George Lucas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. See? Yeah. Do you see kind of patterns in certain emotions that are stuck or certain traumas that show up in people's bodies physically. So, for instance, you just mentioned they were holding on someone's grief and it was debilitating their lower back. Or yeah. maybe a skin issue is anger because it's trapped in their liver and it can't process things, so it's coming out of their skin. I don't know. I'm just well, it's all it a, For me, it's all in singularity. There are, yes, definitely... Uh, correlations mm -hmm. that you can attribute certain things, but each person has their own singularity of what they have lived. Yep. So someone may have a lung issue, mm -hmm. right, which we've went through for the last year mm. of 2020 yes. with, with this thing attacking people's lungs. And, you know, the lungs energetically are to do with grief. Grief, yep. So when we look at grief in different dimensions in our life of the grieving of not taking those chances or, you know, if we look at when I went to Santa Fe with Greg Braden for the, the documentary mm -hmm. and I was doing a Q&A on the Saturday night and this fabulous lady who was a death doer. Mm. asked me some questions because she had looked at my my website and she was telling me how she sits at the end of people's lives and asks them and and they've also done other studies with nurses of mm -hmm. the things that people regret they wish they had taken more risks they wish they had loved more they wish they had done all of these things and she was having this kind of she said to me she's having this kind of epiphany that I was actually getting people rather than at the end somewhere in their life to look at those things. Ooh, I have chills. And I was, and I, and I felt that that was such a compliment. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was so grateful because sometimes when you're in your work, you're in a vacuum. 
And I've been kind of like in a kind of like little kind of alchemist laboratory for the last mm -hmm. 20 years. And then you came knocking on my door <laughs> and I was like, what? show me the gold. <laughs> and I just, I like to work with people that are, I don't want to convince you to do this work because mm -hmm. then it sounds like I'm selling something into you that is too sacred for that. Mm -hmm. And it's too mystical for that. You're here to go on your, um, as Joseph Campbell uh, would say, like, follow your bliss and, mm -hmm. you know, go on the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. That's what all my work is built on is like, let us all be the heroes rather than the victims mm -hmm. in our life. And transmuting that if you feel like that and why you feel, and there's many different reasons why people feel like that in their life. But when they feel like that, and they feel like that, and they feel like that, it becomes a almost further self-fulfilling prophecy and it perpetuates a vibration that they sometimes, they catch and they're like, I need to shift this. Mm -hmm. I need to shift this because I keep getting these people in my life that want to use me, that don't value me, and I can change this. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so amazing that you, it's, I mean, and this is so many different people, but for you to be doing work that can shift people's, you know, yeah. that that the end of the life perspective, yeah, you're finally like, because you're so close to the end of your life and, and often people that, you know, all the spontaneous healing research where people were sent yes. home to die at stage four cancer and terminal this and terminal that, they shed off all the shit that was no longer yes. meant, you know, serving them in order to live freely and joyfully for the Completely. last piece of, you know, and and that's why those epiphanies come to them later at life and, and they talk to their death doula and because they just shed all the bullshit, they forgive yeah. people, they just want to connect with their families and loved yeah. ones. Nobody says they wanted to work harder or longer or stress more. We know. And for you to be able to start to open that up for people, middle of life, early of life is such a gift, you know? It's... It's just been a, like, I enjoy it, you know, and I enjoy people that even if it is terrifying, we enjoy that. We all love roller coasters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we all love scary movies, you know, or some people don't. Yeah. But we all love certain things that are a challenge. Take us and, on the edge. And it's exciting. Like to be on the edge. Yeah, it's exciting. And I think we uh, don't teach enough to, to kids to really embrace uh, being brave. You know, one of my youngest students was five. Ah. Uh, he's our favorite. Can I you know, <laughs> vote him in as president in 2052 and or whatever? He said to me at five that, he said, you know, I've been saying that mantra, you know, that you gave me years ago. And I was like, years ago? <laughs> years ago, you weren't even here. <laughs> like, how many years ago? And he says, I don't know, like a couple of years ago. And I, was, and I couldn't even remember what the mantra was. I says, what's the mantra? And he says, I am brave. Aww. And I says, oh, okay. So then he starts to tell me the story that he loves to go to Disneyland. And now that he's at a certain height, he can go on this roller coaster. And the roller coaster is really scary, but he's got his mantra. He says, but I really wasn't brave. But I yeah. just kept saying it. And he said, and then halfway through the ride, he started to enjoy himself. And But if he didn't have the mantra, he wouldn't have got on the ride. Yeah. So he put that all together. Yes. And, and he would have never gotten to the experience of joy. Exactly. Because he would either be 
too scared. Not on the ride. Avoiding. Or shutting his eyes and, and panicking uh, the whole time. And, or, and avoiding it or yeah. pretending he was too cool for school. Yeah, that ride's not a very good ride anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's not for me. Look at the people in that ride. Judging the people judgy, that judgy. Were, were brave enough to go on that. Yeah. So he then, uh, so I, I was like, oh, wow. And he said, but he says, I really like going on the bumper cars. He says, but there's a new thing called the atypical, which is a real car with my dad. But if I, if I bang into anyone, the mechanic comes. He says, it might cost a lot of money. And like, it's, you know, it's a whole thing for him. That's funny. So I said, oh, I says, so you need to be really cautious in that car. And he said, yeah. I says, well, let me tell you, life's like that. Sometimes you need to be in the bumper car and sometimes you need to be in the atypical. He says, how do I know which one car I'm in? <laughs> and I said, well, that's why I have to attune you. Yeah. I have to attune you so you know when to be the bumper car and when to be the other car. And he, and he looked at his mother and he hit her and he says, why did it take you so long to bring me here? Oh, my God. At five years old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have it on tape. Okay, well, it's crazy. I need to start bringing Riley to you. <laughs> well, I just started doing the kids book. Uh, we we have two 10-year-olds that are helping me write oh, it. Oh, my gosh. And the things that they are telling me is, and now the brothers are waiting for their turn. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're doing it in six months period. Uh, we've done the first part of the class and then we're going to do the second and we're going to have the tapping. But you just imagine like these kids being able to have these because to me, they're tools. Mm -hmm. They're just tools to have for life. Oh, my God, I'm doing my exams. I'm, you know, first year mm -hmm. on campus, you know, like I, I, I'm. I have social anxiety. I'm so, I feel socially awkward. I can tap on that. I can rake in myself. I can center myself. So to me, it's practical. Mm -hmm. It's not even something so out there. It's, it's no. practically the tools for life. Yeah, the tools we were never taught, which is yeah. why we spe we're spending our whole lives unpacking the, sh well, the last 40 years. Well, you see the magic <laughs> in your daughter. Yeah. You see the magic that she has that, you know, when people say to me, especially with two, three-year-olds, and they're like, oh, what does Patty do? And I say, like, I do this magic that's connected to the universe, you know? And they're like, oh, yeah, I know that magic. You know they're <laughs> yeah. in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's real. She's deep in it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I feel like I have a difficult time. There's so much suffering, and that's another thing that this past year revealed. Not that we weren't aware of it before. I mean, we are— digitally connected in real mm -hmm. time with the world. And obviously there's just so much suffering all over the world. Yes. So how? Yes. It's like we're sitting here. I find myself censoring my own joy because. Okay. I've got a great story for you. Good. Because I'm, I'm you know, how can we balance this? Like I'm, a, I'm an empath, but at the same time, I don't want to live and yeah. dwell in the suffering and, and be responsible for trying to fix everything. Yes. I, you know, I work so hard too. I want to yes. pause in my own joy, joy. but yes. I don't want to feel, but I feel tremendous yes. guilt yes. because I live such a privileged life, but I feel like I've worked hard. Well, and I spoke to Ram Das about this. Okay, please tell me what he has to say. Ram Das was in Marin County. I think it was, I don't know, the 60s, late 60s. And he was playing with his friends on the beach and he was throwing a frisbee. And he was really enjoying himself. And it was a, I think it was a nudist beach as well. And they were all <laughs> playing frisbee. And in the moment he was about to throw the frisbee, he actually saw 
what was transcribed on Gandhi's tomb. And I'm going to paraphrase here so because um, I don't know the exact quote, uh, but it was, if the next action you're about to take is going to help the, uh, the most suffering, will you take it or are you going to take it? And he thought, do I throw the frisbee or do I not throw the frisbee? <laughs> uh, like, do any, but he Is went throwing off. the frisbee going to help? Hell, but it's not going to help anyone. But he then realized that it wasn't one or other. It wasn't that I had to kill my joy and be a killjoy to uh, be in the suffering of others, to be compassionate. Mm -hmm. That I could actually be in my joy, not in compensation, right, mm -hmm. to another person's suffering, but be the two of them integrated so I can enjoy my life and also help the people who are suffering and be compassionate. Mm -hmm. It wasn't one or other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that always, I put it in one of my, my first Reiki books, it, it came up a lot when people start to do this work and you start to feel, oh, I'm enjoying my life. <laughs> and, you know, things are happening around you with family and mm -hmm. things and you're like, ooh, you want to, push it down Tampere, and yeah. we, we we do that we do we are killjoys mm -hmm. um because we don't want people being jealous of us we don't want people coveting we don't want to upset people and uh you don't want to seem insensitive and insensitive and, and ramda i thought that ramda's story was was perfect because it was um it wasn't the one or other it was you know enjoy and also be compassionate yeah. to other people's suffering yeah you and can do like both Throwing the frisbee, doing things we enjoy, painting the picture, yes. hiking with friends, these things that, you know, going on a vacation. It allows you to then also help people from a place of joy rather than from a place of, oh, then do I do that because I'm pitying your mm -hmm. circumstances and I'm, or am I, oh, let me be the, the savior, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's coming from a more balanced kind of neutral place you're not doing it for, for any kind of extraction mm -hmm. it's um or feeling bad about yourself yeah. because you feel good and we i feel like we are generators of our own joy we are yes. literally energy generators by our choices yes. by our activities by our food choices by the people that we the energy of our environment we can generate yes. a certain energy and we can amp it up and if we're doing things we enjoy that actually gives us life force energy yes in which we are able to then yes think clearer have more energy to help more people yes you know serve on a bigger platform and the thing is when i when i see enjoy it's not um you know some kind of portfolio picture of someone like on a cliff in yeah. Malibu it's uh like I enjoy hiking at 10,000 feet with my dogs that to another person is like a nightmare yeah yeah <laughs> uh somebody else doing something that they enjoy I could yeah. be like wow yeah lessons to you because that's not something that I would correct be compelled to do so I think we all have uh, different doorways to walk through that we have to experience our own joy. Mm -hmm. You know, the people who are scientists, these people who are working in NASA, people who are helping Doctors Without Borders, you know, mm -hmm. they enjoy that. Yes. Everybody's finding their their niche that, yeah. that other people are like, oh my God, like people who are journalists that are on the front line, you know, in war zones, they do it because on some level... They enjoy it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's to their, get that's, that story out. That's part of their service. And there's exactly you know, seven point whatever billion people on this planet. We don't have to feel responsible for. We can we can say prayers. We can yeah live an existing compassion. And you know there's yes. there's different people doing different things. We just have to take yes. our own little piece of the garden and tend it to it as well yes. as we can. You know, one of my one of my students uh, yesterday actually said she was she's up in San Francisco. And she's a lawyer, you know. Everybody thinks that everybody that does this work is kind of like artists or yeah. painters or, you know, yogis. Uh, yogis. And, and uh, she had be, has been putting up a lot of posts saying, pause and joy this. I was pausing in my joy with the kids today and we were pause, doing pause and joy tapping on this. And, and a woman messaged her and said, you know, I was going really through it today and I saw one of your posts. <laughs> that said and uh, she said and I had a choice where I could be like her passenger good for her and I just decided in that moment to let your light into me of what you enjoy and connect through you and I decided to take that pause and enjoy this moment of where I was at in it and uh, she says it changed everything. So thank you very much. And she was like, wow, I didn't expect that message. That's great. Right? She said, because, you know, you are being sensitive to people going through things. But then she had it in the opposite way where she didn't expect that. Yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, you've touched on this in so many different ways. But if we can just become aware of whether it's looking at Instagram or watching the news or walking down the, you know, standing in line at Starbucks or whatever it is, if we can be aware of our thoughts and our triggers, and then yeah. rather than just like knee-jerk judgment, reaction, eh, eh, joy, you know, fuck you. No, but I want you to, I really do. I want you to uh, think that. I want you to catch you but saying. Just be aware. You, that's what I'm saying. I'm being like, I wonder what that is. That's what I, that's that exactly is- what I'm saying really irritating me about this obnoxious joy stuff that they're all doing. What is it that just bothers me so much? Exactly. You know, I've been doing a lot of workshops and a lot of um, writing a lot of books over the last year and beta testing them because they'll go with like videos. And I put this story and I think it's a great story, but I was outside. My friends came in from London. They wanted to go to all the cool places in town so I said let's go to catch and it's a uh, uh, here in Los Angeles very and trendy very trendy and uh we were coming out and it was packed it was a Tuesday night it was packed it was before COVID just before COVID in January and um this boy was outside he had newly came here from Atlanta he was one of the paparazzi and I was waiting for my Uber my friends got in their Uber my Uber was three deep in the valley so I was just standing waiting and he you know came over and kind of slid over and said, uh, and he's looking around like he's like, like some kind of like going to give me kind of CIA documents. And he says to me, uh, can I ask you a question? And I said, yeah. He says, that place is packed and it's a Tuesday night. And I said, yeah. And he said, and I've been watching everybody coming out of here and I've realized I'm no different to any of these people. (laughs) And I immediately thought two things. This is really interesting that he's picked me to have this conversation with. So I need to give this person my full attention. I put my phone away. And I said, "Uh aha. 
I says, what else did you notice? And he said, I, he says, I also noticed I, that they, they just had a thing. They just had a thing, right? They, they, they just focused on and, the, you know, I said, yeah. And they really believed in that thing. Oh. And oh. they really uh, trusted that thing. And that thing became sacred to them. And they really valued that thing. And uh, I said, do you have your thing? And he said, I've got my thing. Oh. He says, but I've not been giving it, I've not been polishing it like I should do, like these people do. Oh. He said, uh, he says, have you got your thing? I said, I've got my thing. <laughs> and he says, okay. I says, okay. Oh, my God, I love this story. You changed that little photographer from Atlanta's life. It was, and I put it in a minute, because the fact, the fact of the matter is, it's outside of catch. Yeah. And I'm like, because you're the catch. Yeah. There is no catch. You're the catch. Correct. But everybody that was, you know, not everybody, this is a blanket judgment, but I've been around the block enough to know that a lot of those people coming out of the door, they're there looking for someone else that they feel is got their thing more than them. You know what I mean? They're but, looking but, for that celebrity or that whatever. You yeah, know? but he he just, I think it was just such a pure moment of realization, an aha moment, and just such a sacred realizing. Maybe because he was holding a lens, you know, and you're looking through that lens and you're zooming in and zooming out. And that that first realization that he was no different to them yeah. in their high rolling vehicles. Yeah. And that they just had a thing. And he has a thing. And same as when anybody's looking at Instagram and someone has 100,000 followers or someone's yeah. looking at a People magazine and going, wow, yeah. who wore it better? I wonder if I could ever wear that But that's, that, that's the rig system to divide us, to put comparison, right? Because that's yeah. the thief of joy, you know, is to make us uh, be separated mm -hmm. rather than, oh, well, if I can see you with uh, that many followers or, you know, wearing that nice dress, you know, I should get that dress if it's so nice yeah, on you. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe I, you're inspiring me. Where does the jealousy go from ins to inspiration? Yeah. Where does, where does that happen within people? Don't let the comparison steal your joy. Let it inspire you. Yeah, to I'm not going to take credit for that because that was Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Um, but I think that story with the paparazzo is so... So good. I think everybody listening to this yeah. will take that home and go, okay, every time I catch myself looking outside, looking in, going... Well, they're going to love this book that's going to come out because it's going to give you the tools. Because let me tell you, jealousy, envy, all of it is all part of our system. And the more we understand how we can transmute it and pivot it rather than demonizing mm -hmm. ourselves and hating ourselves for feeling certain ways, then I'm not about hating them for feeling that way. It's because they just don't know because they're actually affecting their own abundance and their own ability to manifest. Mm -hmm. So I want to give them the tools to be able to catch it Catch. <laughs> and, uh, and and change it in the moment so that we can all move along together rather than it all being the them and us kind of scenario. Yes. That so when is this book coming out? <laughs> I, I, like, I like it. We're in the last week of uh, beta testing the workshop, Great. you know, and then uh, it should be finished by the summer. Ah, all right. Well, everybody's going to want to find out when they can pre-order this book and yeah. learn more about you. So where can people learn about you? Uh, at the Pause and Joy website. Pause in, in Joy. In Joy, I-N. 
And the thing is, we see it so often. Like when I used to go to the movie theaters, people would be like, enjoy the film. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or a server when I'm having my lunch. Yeah. Like, enjoy your lunch, you know? And they would look at me in a kind of strange way and I was like, oh, that's spirit speaking right through them. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the little, that little kind of sparkle enjoy, in the eye. Enjoy, yeah. So you, we do actually use it a lot with each other. So it's not like some kind of airy-fairy notion. Mm-hmm. It's actually something that we came here to do and the quicker you can get to it, the better. Yeah, I Because we say. all have a treasure. We all have this thing inside of us that we have to excavate and find and mm. be in the labyrinth of and discover there's not one person on this planet that doesn't have it. Tremendous gift. And sometimes it comes in a form that is not so, it's, it's, a, it's a gift wrapped in very strange wrapping paper, which is what Darren Weissman said in the film. Uh, but just, you know, your mom had cancer, your dad yeah. was depressed and your gifts sprung uh, from and that. And it activated me because activated I you. knew that, yeah, I mean, I love them dearly, but and they're still here, by the way. But also... <laughs> you know what a lady that I worked with who had pancreatic cancer she said you were much nicer to that woman <laughs> in, in, in the documentary than you were to me I says you were dying we could not I could not like, I could not be, cuddle you I could not cuddle you <laughs> yeah. she laughed because there is that aspect if we have got the speedboat and it's near the ni- edge of the Niagara Falls yeah. you know there is no <laughs> Yeah, we, we don't have time to pussyfoot around this thing. We don't have time to pussyfoot around what's in your fridge. Yeah. <laughs> and what's going on in your head and what you're pretending to yourself if you're coming to me. Yeah. Uh, so that, that is uh, yeah. the different gravities that I work with. Yeah. You know, there's other people that I ease in with because there isn't a diagnosis because I know that they'll figure it out on their own and I don't need to be going around like negative Nelly mm-hmm. being like, well, that thing has a bit, right? Because <laughs> then you're intrusive into someone else's own discovery and journey of themselves and being able to shift it themselves. Yeah. So as a kind of sweet spot. Yeah, and you have that intuition and finesse as a, as a healer with a lot of experience yeah. or, you know, facilitator, practitioner, whatever you, wakey master, <laughs> dynamic tapper. Um, I, I actually like know, people just say, you need to go to Patty. Yeah. <laughs> and they're so like, just Patty. What is she do? This is before heal. They were like, what is she doing? They're like, don't, don't, don't go into that. Just, you need to go. Just go see Patty. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of was like a fantastic emancipation yeah. from any kind of label. Correct. Yeah, exactly. You don't belong in any school. You have just... Yeah put this beautiful cross-pollinated, you know, yeah. experience and knowledge and wisdom from the past, from the future, from the, you know, from everywhere. And they're trusting their friend. Yeah. And then they're trusting me. Mm-hmm. So there's something very uh, potent in that. And then that there's also. Before a, they walk through the door. The universal collective quantum field energy that yeah. allows that friend to tell that person because that oh, yeah. person is actually ready. Whereas yes. Yes. that person wouldn't be inspired to tell someone else because the universe knows that that person is not ready. Well, that was most of my work. Mm-hmm. You know, most of my work was always word of mouth. They would see someone be like, oh, I thought you were kind of in difficulty. Your life looks really good. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and give it to me. So the that's, that's how it would happen over the years. And even when you saw the videos from or the thing from um, Serve the Warrior, mm-hmm. you know, with the veterans, you then realized that you had worked with 
the producer of that before on another project. And she was like, oh, yeah, we couldn't put out the footage. Uh, <laughs> it's like intense. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, because there's certain things that are very intense. Like if, if I look at that scene with Ava and I'm like, wow, if you think that's intense, really take a deep breath before you come to a workshop. <laughs> <laughs> Because we really go there. All right. With so, all, everything all. I love it. And I think there's going to be a lot of people looking you up, listening to this, and ready to uh, just shed the mask and release some shit. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 It's all about elimination. Mm, yes. Energetically, emotionally, and uh, physically. Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing in, in, in Ayurveda. Everything starts in the stomach and it's all backed up waste. Mm -hmm. And it's backed up wasting of time for yeah. a lot of people. Putting, the, oh, I'll do that. I wish I could do that. Oh, I'll do that. You know what it is? It's money. It's money. It's because I don't have the money. And you're like, the money comes when you start doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's when the, the paparazzi from Atlanta, he eliminated... <laughs> A belief, a belief that it was so cool. kept him on a different level. Than and the fact that he knew to have this kind of overt conversation. With, yeah. He didn't know me from here. Know. He didn't know me from but Adam. He was drawn to you. Because he just energetically knew. So that's why I knew that he was tapped in. He was tuned in. So something saying, see her over there, have this mm -hmm. weird conversation with her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he came over Isn't and we had amazing? this great uh, conversation. That's what I'm fascinated with, synchronicity. Yes. And that's that's <sighs> really, so why, cool. why are people not wanting to look at the synchronicities and the coincidences, as Carl Jung put it, the, as the magical effect? Yes. And wanting more and more of it. I want it all. I, I know. I love it. I love it too. And I love you. I love you too. <laughs> Thank you. That was... Amazing. It was great. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for the work that you do. And thank you for... Thank you. Thank you for taking your call to uh, make heal and pull in all the people that you pulled in because you you also went through that resistance of, oh, I can't do that. I'm totally and I think that in itself is uh, the, your own hero's journey. Totally. Right? Mm -hmm. And also when you were in that place of just pure joy of wanting to, I just want to have it for my friends so that I can say, well, do this, this, and this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was coming from just that very kind of neutral place. And look at all the people that you pulled in that were amazing around. Exactly. I was just like, I just want to sit and talk with these freaking people who changed my life with their yeah. wisdom and their yeah. energy and and then, you know, the synchronicities that led me to you and yeah. just the perfect group yeah. of people to let that calling is, express, you know. You have to step through that door that yeah. was marked, you're not allowed. Correct. Who do you think you are? Exactly. That question that came up multiple times. Who am I to do this? Film? That you went through it, but you, all the people and all the magical effect were all on the other side of the door. Mm -hmm. Amen, sister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, and it can be for you guys. Walk, it is. It walk is into that you. dark cave. Walk through the door. Yes. What you fear. Yes. 
Thank you for listening to The Heal Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for more empowering wisdom and inspiring healing stories. Oh, and make sure you hit the follow button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss that one episode that holds the answer you've been searching for. And if you feel inspired, we would love you to rate and review us so that we have the opportunity to reach more people. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram for some behind the scenes fun and more inspiration at at Heal Documentary and at Kelly Gorris. Thank you so much and be well. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.